Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the great state of Texas. This is, I believe, uh, well, is it our first full week of January? Sort of. I think December 31st was the first Monday last week. Man, that was a long time ago. It almost feels like it was like another year ago. No, I'm going to stop with the jokes about the new year because I'm really not good at comedy. But what I do think I'm good at, and some people agree, is working on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And you know Texas values. If you know about our work, we do that in the courts, the legislature, and the media. And a significant amount of our work, if not the majority of it, is about what happens in public policy. And one of the main things that we do is work when it comes to the Texas legislature. And in case you haven't heard, they have gaveled in at the Texas Capitol. The 86th legislative session began earlier this week, so we're going to talk about some of those issues generally, about timing, about process, some issues that have already come up. But one of those people that is going to be playing a significant role in the Texas legislature and in the 86th legislative session is our good friend, Senator Paul Betancourt from the Houston area. And he's got a very interesting bill that we support and we're going to talk a little bit about, but he's no stranger when it comes to the importance of the legislature. And he knows just as well as anybody else, if not one of the best, that government belongs to those who show up. So we thank him for showing up today on our radio program. Senator Betancourt, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Good morning, and uh, and welcome, Jonathan. And by the way, if anybody knows you, they know you're really good at issues. So we'll leave comedy for another day. That's right. I'm I'm happy to accept your compliment and uh, and say that it applies uh, significantly and accurately. And look, I mean, one of the issues you know we work on is religious liberty. And when you know when people think about religious liberty, a lot of times they think about, you know, the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, and rightly so. That is the basis of it. That is, if you will, you know, the the source of it, the principle. And so a lot of people think, well, religious liberty is protected in the First Amendment of the Constitution. Sometimes I'll have people say this to me, you know, well, then do we need other laws related to it? And the problem that we run into a lot of times is, yeah, the First Amendment says that we have freedom of religious expression. And thankfully, you know, we don't have some long, drawn-out language in the Constitution on some of these matters to some degree. But what that means is sometimes when these issues and principles are applied to certain facts or settings, you have people suggesting, oh, well, it doesn't really apply to that, and it doesn't really apply to that. So you've got a bill that you filed in the, the state legislature, Senate Bill 227, that gets at the heart of a concern that a lot of people have in their own on their own private property because what you know the season we just finished and other times of the year people want to put displays up particularly around Christmas talking about or showing what their beliefs are and it's their private property but you have these issues with property owners associations homeowners associations that tend to sometimes feel differently about this so you filed a bill Senate Bill 227 to address these issues tell us a little bit about it well Jonathan this is why groups like Texas Values have to exist to help us because there's real fights that go on about religious liberty and about the ability to even have your own religious displays at home uh, on major holidays. Now, what's happening is there is a very aggressive secular view that's passed around uh, these HOAs that they can block people from putting out nativity scenes, Easter crosses, menorahs, whatever, and and somehow you don't own your own home or your own yard. So 
this issue popped up a, a couple of years ago in, of all places, Katy, Texas. And you've got an HOA that is just refusing to allow people to even put a simple sign in their yard that said he is risen it, it, in Easter. Now, now look, you, you know, if you have a faith-based orientation, you've got to be able to express it, and you've got to be able to express it when you own your own home in, in your own yard. Yeah, but I, the law is not clear, and we, we have to pass legislation like this to protect religious liberty. Well, I'm with you 100%. We're talking with Senator Paul Betancourt. His Senate district is in the greater Houston area. A lot of people know from the radio program, that is where I was born and raised. Spent a lot of time there. was actually there over the Christmas holiday. And, you know, look, I've got one of those signs in my garage, as a matter of fact, the He Is Risen cross sign that I like to put up on Easter Sunday and, and sometimes a few days leading up to that. And, you know, look, it, 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 it has been, it's a growing concern. We've seen a bill that came up last legislative session, unfortunately, it didn't make it to the governor's desk. I know you did some great work on it in the Senate. I know uh, former state representative Mike Schofield worked on this issue in the Texas House. This should be an area that I think the majority of people should agree that it's on your private property and that these homeowners associations, you know, while, you know, look, I don't know what their reasons are. And, you know, and, and I'm not here to, to, to start a war. And I'm not saying you are either with the HOA existence. That's really kind of another subject. It's really about whether or not it's right and it's constitutional and we should have these entities restricting the private property of such a fundamental right that with no doubt is in the first amendment of our u.s constitution when these problems come up that's why the legislature exists to come up with solutions you know jonathan this is not just even a a question of does the majority of texans support uh, the homeowner's ability to put out religious displays at christmas it's, I mean, it's not even a supermajority. It's nearly a universal majority because when we had this bill out of the Senate last time, it was unanimous. And it was a liberals like, you know, now Congress uh, woman, you know, Sylvia Garcia, the conservatives like me, because if somebody wants to put up a nativity scene with a manger in their front lawn on Christmas, they should be allowed to do it. And, and, and more importantly, it speaks to, you know, what is the First Amendment and the foundation of, you know, our democratic republic. It's a right you've got to have. So, uh, and unfortunately, in last session, uh, Speaker Strauss would not let the bill come for a vote. Uh, Re- former Representative Mike Schofield tried over and over again. We passed this bill multiple times in the Senate. Uh, and, and the good news is, is I think under the, uh, under the new speakership, uh, we should be able to get this passed. And in fact, I'll break some news for you here, Jonathan. My my house sponsor is going to be Greg Bonin, uh, Representative Greg Bonin, who is the brother of Speaker Bonin. Well, that should get some attention as we. And if you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't seen some of the news this week, Dennis Bonin was elected unanimously by the Texas House to be the next Speaker of the House to preside over the Texas House of Representatives. I don't think it was 150. I think there were there. I think there are three seats that are coming up on special election and some other moving parts in the state legislature. But everyone that voted on the floor supported Dennis Bonin, who is the younger brother of Greg Bonin. And so that's good to know. We look forward to working with you, working with Greg Bonin. As a matter of fact, I talked with Dr. Bonin at an event earlier this week here in Austin. 
it's important to have that strong support in the House and the Senate because as you came up with or realized last session, and I'm sure you know this happens on other issues as well, you get one chamber support, and it is good to know that it was unanimous. You know, and and to your point about the former Senator Sylvia Garcia, who's now in Congress supporting it, this should be. A, a bipartisan issue or not something that splits along partisan lines. We should be able to agree on religious liberty issues, particularly these type of religious liberty issues. And so it's encouraging to hear and be reminded of the support that you had last time around. And so you know, really it's a matter of timing on some of these issues. You filed it very early, if you will. That sometimes can have an impact on the course of things, the timing of things, having strong sponsors, people that you know are going to follow up on the issues, people like Dr. Greg Bonin. And look, I have dealt with these issues as a lawyer and as an advocate. I see them all the time. We get these type of phone calls, and a lot of people don't realize it's happening. And they think, wait a minute, isn't this private property? And so, but this is what happens at time to time. And if we don't solve these problems, it's just going to get worse. Right, because what happens is a law that was intended to allow um, religious displays in condo units gets turned around and, and reinterpreted as preventing homeowners from putting anything in their yard except on their front door. And, and, and you know, Jonathan, because you've been in this legal fight in this world for a you know, long time, that, uh, you know, different judges can make different rulings. So you've got to have strong legislation that makes it clear. And with Dr. Bonin uh, supporting me in the House, I, I expect, you know, this bill will pass and go to the governor's desk. But it's the type of thing we need to do, because right now an HOA could actually tell you that you can't have any religious displays at all. That's one of the ways that they stop people from doing this. But but more importantly, it's just common sense. You know, it, you know, it, it, I mean, the holidays, you know, uh, of, of, of through the year are times for rejoicing. And it should be people should be loud. And and, you know, and as a Catholic and, you know, as for all the Christians. Uh, that are out there, you know, we want to celebrate the uh, the birth of our Savior. But, uh, but, but if the if it's someone of the Jewish faith wants to put a menorah during Hanukkah, what it, it, we 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 are America. That's what America is about. No, you're absolutely right. And look, and these are fundamental principles that are rooted in the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. But you know what? There's no strength to the U.S. Constitution if you will, in the First Amendment of it, if you can't exercise it. And so sometimes in order to exercise it, we've got to have specific state laws that say when it comes to these type of issues, this is how it works. And and you and I know, Senator Betancourt, we may be involved in this process. You're an elected official. I've got an organization and a team of people that I work with. Most people do not have those types of resources or those, they're not in those type of positions. So a lot of times they don't know what to do. And so if the law is not very clear about what their rights are, a lot of times they'll almost self-censor or someone will tell them, oh, I heard you're not allowed to do that. Or someone in an HOA or whatever may say, oh, you're not allowed to do that. To your point, they'll misinterpret a law that was passed a few years ago that was supposed to aid people of religious faith in particular situations now getting misapplied. And so, look, we applaud what you're doing. We know it's important. We're right there with you, and we'll continue to support this effort, and we'll be there for you throughout the legislative process. Well, it's going to be an interesting legislative year. I can predict passage of Senate Bill 227. If anybody needs more information, they can go to my website at paulbedencourt.com to pick up on it. Um, and and we are going to have a very, I think, a very good debate and a really good chance at property tax relief and school finance reform. 
Uh, the governor, uh, Abbott, uh, Lieutenant Governor Patrick's been pushing this for some time in the last several sessions with me carrying the bill. And and now the new speaker, Dennis Bonham, is talking about uh, school uh, finance reform, too. So we've got a chance to finally get at a major economic issue, but we won't uh, – you know, won't lose our, our sight on religious liberty because if we don't have that, we don't have any economic freedom. Well, look, and you mentioned uh, Speaker Joe Strauss, okay, um, not, well, to some extent, not allowing this bill or having some impact on this bill coming to the floor on religious liberty last session. We do have a new speaker, Dennis Bonin. You know, as far as his voting record on these issues, it's been pretty solid on religious liberty, on family values. There are other issues, too, that are important to Texans when it relates to property tax, school finance. And so, you know, we'll see what how some of those dynamics play out overall throughout the session. It does seem to be that there's a lot of folks that you and I are around and, and work with that are very encouraged by Dennis Bonin's election. They're optimistic about what's ahead of us. And, you know, look, there was um, with the lieutenant governor, the governor, Governor Abbott, Dennis Bonin meeting regularly. I think we're going to see some good things come out of that. But I think that a lot of people, too, are wondering about, you know, if, if conservative principles may get pushed aside because some of the elections were so close. And I think it should be very clear that people that elected members to the legislature supported certain values. And I expect us to see those reflected in what uh, people stand up for, and particularly not only religious liberty, but the issues of school finance and property tax reform. Well, there's no question that the, 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 we call them the big three, the, the governor, lieutenant governor, and the speaker, have set a tone about cooperation because the acrimony was so bad from the former speaker that they literally uh, you know, passed their, their property tax bill and adjourned and basically left the, the Senate with an impossible situation that we couldn't accept a bill that didn't give anybody measurable property tax relief. Those days are over. But we've had an election in between, and as you mentioned, the the numbers of uh, Republicans are down, which generally uh, is an indication of what what how conservative is the legislature going to be. Now, with the religious liberty bill that we talked about, uh, you know SB two two seven, I don't I don't expect there to be opposition because it's common sense for Texans that that regardless of party that they'll support. Now, when we look at property tax relief, uh, the the polling numbers are astonishing. You know, ninety four percent of Republicans supported the the Senate plan that we passed that the House uh, blocked uh, last last time. Eighty eight percent of independents need need property tax relief. Seventy seven percent of Democrats. It doesn't matter. It's an everybody pays issue, and uh, so I'm 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 hopeful of that. But. We're going to have to go slower and steadier with with less numbers of issues to make sure that we get the real bread and butter issues passed in the session. Um, so we may not start fast, but I think we're going to finish very steadily on on important issues. We're talking with Senator Paul Betancourt, state senator from the greater Houston area. And, you know, look, these issues that we that we're talking about today continue to be important if you care about these issues, it never gets old to contact your elected official. And I started with the phrase about government belongs to those who show up at the beginning of the radio program. One of the ways people can show up making phone calls, emails, but showing up in person, coming to the Capitol, 
The session has started. I was walking the halls yesterday. Staff are in place. Uh, folks want to hear from you to hear about how you feel about these issues. One of the ways you can do that is come to the Faith and Family Day on March 13th, where Texas Values and other groups are going to be talking about these issues. But Senator Betancourt, just one last question, and we'll kind of conclude with this and, and any other final comments you want to make. But it's always been my impression and experience that you know, even though people were represented from other sta- parts of the state, it is very it is received very well when people make the trip to the Texas Capitol and constituents come and talk to their elected official and their staff in person. Oh, absolutely! If you come to the Capitol, uh, it, it makes an impact, and and not just visiting with staff. I think one of the best ways to do it is come and testify on a bill, like you do, Jonathan. Um, no. It's great to have people that are just average Texans coming and talking about an issue that matters to them in public testimony. And if you come before any committee I'm on or I'm, uh, I'm hopefully the chair of, believe me, I will make sure that uh, your, your voice will be heard. And because it's really, we're there as representatives of the people, but when, when, the, when the regular Texan comes and speaks, everybody has to listen because they can't ignore of the the average vote of the public and they can't also ignore what people really want and the bills we're talking about are you know religious liberty property tax relief school finance reform these are uh, these are all important issues so i would uh if if you send out a call jonathan and i know texas value does from time to time um if you make the drive uh, to the capitol anybody that's listening now just know that uh, i'll be there to you know, to welcome you because i want testimony on these important issues, especially when we have bills up for consideration. Absolutely. All right. I'm showing a picture on our Facebook live feed, Senator Paul Betancourt. So when you come to the Capitol, you come to office, you'll be able to see him and recognize him. We want people to get more engaged. Look, Texas Values, we're going to do the work that we do year in and year out in every session, but there's more value to what we do and there's more impact when people, as you said, from that are constituents, that are regular folks, come and be a part of the process. But Senator Betancourt, thank you for being a guest today and thank you for your public service to the people in your district and across the state of Texas. And Jonathan, and thanks to Texas Values and y'all's unwavering commitment to conservative principles because we we need all the help we can get, and uh, you all are a great resource. Yes, sir. Well, God bless you, sir, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon, and we'll welcome you back soon on the Texas Values Report. Same to you. Well, that's great. Well, it's great to hear from Senator Betancourt. Look, their schedule is going to get real busy, okay? This week, they got a little bit of breathing room, you know, swearing in ceremonies, receptions, saying hello to folks, getting familiar with new members, new staff, but it's going to start hopping pretty soon. One of the ways people can get engaged is to sign up for our emails. Go to txvalues.org, sign up for our emails, sign up for our text alerts, because sometimes stuff happens really quick and you need to have a moment's notice. But that way you can hear about events like the Faith and Family Day, which is on March 13th. That is a full day of getting educated on the issues at the Texas Capitol, turning you loose, if you will, to go meet with your House member, your Senate member. This is all at the state level, okay? We're not talking about you coming to D.C., all right? This is in Austin, Texas. Um, Not a far drive for most people. I know there are some parts of the state where it's a little bit further, but Austin is relatively centrally located, if you will. And so... We want to encourage you to do that. You know, and look, our office is two blocks from the state capitol. We're going to show up every day of the session. I mean, that's a guarantee. 
but we have more opportunity and potential to be effective when people that share our values also come into the Capitol. We'll make it easy for you. We'll tell you how the process works, where to go. You can come to our office, grab a bottle of water, hang out, cool off for a little while when it starts to get a little bit warmer in the the when the months uh, start getting into spring and close to summer. But we're here for you, but we need to have you come and engage. It makes a big difference. So the session started this week. So everybody got sworn in. Uh, new House members, new Senate members, a new Speaker of the House, as I talked a little bit about, Dennis Bonin, who's from Angleton. That is an area that's south, arguably southeast of Houston, and so um, close to the coastline. But he's been in the legislature for about 20 years, and so has a lot of experience. A lot of people are aware of him. So there's a lot of talk about that. I, I do want to mention something, and I may talk a, lot, a little bit more about this in our next program But one of the things that did happen when Attorney General, excuse me, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, uh, Governor Greg Abbott and Dennis Bonin met publicly, at least for the first time, all three of them, I think, had a little press avail, a press conference, if you will, a little media interaction on Wednesday morning in front of the governor's mansion. And one of the issues that came up, at least from the media's quote and their questioning and some dialogue was about what the media likes to call the bathroom bill. Okay, so this is the name of a legislative effort that the media likes to call this when we talk about issues related to privacy. Okay, so you probably saw some things reported on that. And when the lieutenant governor was asked about it, and all I can assume is that they're talking about the legislation that Lois Colcourse, Senate Bill 6, uh, passed the Senate numerous times, but the Speaker of the House at the time, Joe Strauss, refused to to have the issue move. I mean, look, Joe Strauss would not even allow Senate Bill 6 to be referred to a committee, okay? There was a coordinated and an intentional effort to stop that issue from moving at all. House members were not allowed to vote on it. Now, there was a bill in the House that related to not allowing sexual orientation, gender identity, and other discrimination issues that are not in state law to come up in local law. And so I don't think that, uh, and the media wanted to kind of treat them as the same. There are some differences, even though they address uh, a similar concern. But here's Lieutenant Governor, uh, in so many words, and said that he felt like the issue that the media was asking about related to privacy and not allowing boys to go into girls' bathrooms, that's what this legislation was about. You have local government and school districts forcing people to allow men and boys into girls' bathrooms and vice versa. And in some facilities in government buildings, that means showers, locker rooms. We're talking about public schools. And one of those things happened in Dripping Springs where a little boy, his parents said they were going to sue the school district if they didn't allow him to use the girls' bathroom, even though they had provided an accommodation and a private bathroom for him. That was a case-by-case analysis and a change in policy. So Lieutenant Governor says that that issue has been settled, that we won the issue, that it's over, and there aren't any issues in school districts. We put out a couple of media quotes because, you know, we, Texas Values, we continue to get phone calls from parents that suggest otherwise, that there continue to be concerns. And we're going to release some information soon to give you a little bit more detail about this. Because our experience is 
that there's still concerns about what's going on at local government and particularly in public schools on these issues. There's been some media reports now since the lieutenant governor made those comments that school districts, many school districts are saying, oh, no, no, we are doing that. We do have policies for sexual orientation, gender identity, discrimination protection, which means they're accommodating these requests for boys to go into girls' bathrooms and things of that nature. And so we put out a comment saying, you know, look, the session's early. This is an issue that is still of concern to parents. And so, you know, we'll continue working on that. And and that's a response to what parents are telling us. They have these concerns in the local government. But we work on many issues. But it was important if you saw that and you heard that, uh, wanted you to know from our perspective what we're seeing and what our experience is and let you know that our commitment remains when we see these issues come up and these concerns and problems, we're going to be looking for solutions. But a big reason why the issue overall is going to be talked about and discussed more is because the left is pushing these issues. I mean, that's the whole reason why the state was trying to solve this problem to begin with is because the local school district and at the um, city level like Austin, Dallas, Houston, all these big cities and their school districts, many of them have these policies that put sexual orientation and gender identity into a new protected classification that we don't have at state law. And then they apply it to just about anything that already exists in law when it relates to facilities, when it relates to, um, you know, people that interact and contract with the city, a whole host of things that if your views are not the same as some people on these issues that you could be targeted, you could be punished. And I think one piece of legislation filed by a Democrat would put you in jail because uh, of your beliefs on issues of marriage between a man and a woman or issues related to sexuality. So my point is you have left-leaning groups, liberals, LGBT activists, whoever, that are pushing the government to punish people because of their views on sexual issues, on gender issues, they don't want you to be free to believe based on what the Bible says. They want the government to punish you. They want to use the government by a new law at the local or state level to then use it against you so you will be punished and you will be regulated. They want to go, they want the government to go into your business and tell you how to run it and tell you if you don't do it this way, if you don't allow a man to go into the women's bathroom and, and a whole host of other issues, you're going to be punished. And that's what has been the reason why the state was looking at passing a law to say, no, the government cannot punish people when it comes to these issues. The uh, private businesses should be free to make their own decisions. That not, that's not what the left and the LGBT groups want. They want laws that pick winners and losers, losers, if you will, that punish people of faith, and they don't want you to be free to believe. We think people should be free to believe on these issues, and the government should stay out of their business on this issue. We think the government should mind their own business, but that's not what the LGBT groups want. They want the government to punish you on these issues, and so that's why we've had to, we're going to continue to work on it because the problems still remain, and, and they've gotten larger, and, um, and there's been more of them. So go to our website, txvalues.org, to continue to stay connected. Get uh, connected with our email at txvalues.org. We'll send that out once or twice a week to keep you connected. And I got to get out of here because I got to go over to the Capitol because um, we're recording this on Friday. But check back next week for our latest edition of the Texas Values Report. <laughs>